Welcome. My name is Dr. Jonathan Vorse, and thank you for downloading our podcast today on Working the Word. Make sure you hit that subscribe button to receive new podcasts every week. Thank you for your support at jvorse.org and enjoy the message today. we just come to you today. We thank you for the opportunity to gather together around your word today and to learn what the word of God says. We know that it not only feeds us, but it instructs us and strengthens us and encourages us. And I thank you, Father, that we can even have fun uh, as we're learning your word. And I pray that the anointing of the Holy Spirit would just flow through me to be able to effectively communicate what you're saying today. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Genesis 1.28 is the springboard scripture for this series. We read it last week and talked about it a little bit. We'll be reading it here in just a moment, and we'll talk about it here. And I, w- I want us to remember that these are the very first words that ever came into human ears from God. This is the first recorded words from God into created man's ears. The Bible said that God made us after, our, after His image and after His likeness, and God didn't look... Uh, the very first thing wasn't like, oh, wow, you look like me. wasn't anything like that. The very first words that came from God into humanity's ears was an imperative command that said, be fruitful. Genesis 1.20, let's get up there. Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the face of the earth. So the very first words that ever came into man's ears from God was an imperative command telling man to rule and to reign. Look at your neighbor and tell them you were created by God to reign. Mm -hmm. You were. You were created by God to reign. God created the family unit to be a place where the power of God could be on display, where the authority of God could be on display, where the love of God could be on display. It was, it's a place, I like to call it church in miniature, it's a place where everything that God intended for man can be filtered through. So last week we talked about the role of the man. We talked about how that um, a man is supposed to uh, take care of his woman we talked about how that you're supposed to take care of your ladies. You're supposed to provide for them. You're supposed to protect, for them, protect them. You're supposed to take care of them. Now, we kind of ended the series, or, or not the series, the sermon. We kind of ended the sermon with a statement that said this, and we're going to, I'm going to pick that statement back up, and we're going to build on that statement this week because it just goes right along with, with what we're talking about. And here was the statement. I said to you, gentlemen... Whatever you give your lady, she will multiply. You remember that? Because women were created by God to be multipliers. You give her your seed, she gives you a child. You give her a a house, she gives you a home. You give her food, she'll make you a meal. She'll make your family a meal. And then remember when I said you give her trouble? You get trouble back, right? It's not her fault. You gave her the seeds of trouble and she threw it back at you as a harvest. Okay, so whatever we give to our women, they multiply. They were created by God to be 
multipliers. Now, with that said, a lot of people like to take this scripture in Proverbs chapter 31 and let's go over there. We might as well. Why not? It's kind of the elephant in the room sometimes when we're that and another scripture that we'll talk about here in a few moments. But when we're talking about how a godly woman should, should conduct herself, you got people that always go over to Proverbs chapter 31 verses 10 through 31 and they go through that passage of scripture and they say, this is what the Bible says that a godly woman is supposed to conduct herself like. Well, I'm going to tell you something. That godly woman will conduct herself in that manner if you as her godly man will give her the environment where that's possible. Hello? So if mama doesn't have to worry about a place to live, if mama doesn't have to worry about whether her babies are going to be fed, if mama doesn't have to worry about whether everybody's going to be protected, then you are unleashing that multiplication anointing that God has placed inside of every single woman. And because God has created them to be that way, then it's possible for her to become this Proverbs 31 woman. But if you don't give her that environment, then don't tell her God's Word says this is the way that you're supposed to be. Amen? Amen. Now, women are different than men. And all the men said amen and all the women said, oh yeah, pastor, that's true. (laughs) Men are just so different. Men are different than women. Women are different than men. They think different. They look different. They act different. They conduct themselves different. Men and women are different. Women are multitaskers. Men aren't. Women, sometimes Donna, she'll get frustrated with me. She'll say, uh, well, we need to do this and we need to do this and we need to do this. And I'll look at her and I'll say one thing at a time. And she'll say, why can't you do two things at a time or three things at a time? It's not that hard. I'm not a woman. I have to finish what I'm working on before I can go to the next thing to finish it. When I finish it, I'm going to put it in the finish box. Then I'm going to work on something else. I'm going to finish it and I'm going to put it in the finish box. God wired men to be that way. Men can work on different things, but when they work on different things, they have to finish them and they're problem solvers. And when they finish it and when they solve the problem, they put it over here in the box saying, okay, we can cross that off, it's over. Women aren't that way. Men have a work box. Men have a relationship box. Men have a football box. Men have a fishing box. Men have all these kinds of different boxes. If I'm fishing, don't tell me to come and mow the lawn. I'm fishing. I have to finish fishing before I can come and mow the lawn. It's the way God made me. Women come along and they want to dump all your boxes out in a pile. And mix them up. And they want to talk about everything all of the time. Well, how men, how how men recalibrate is they just disconnect from everything. Let me tell you something, ladies. It really is true. A man can think about nothing. That's true. That's really true. Okay? God made us that way. We have this innate ability by God to disconnect. We can disconnect. We can totally disconnect. I mean, just totally disconnect. And they'll come to you. How many times have you looked at your husband and he's got the remote and he just keeps going like this and he's all of this kind of stuff and you look at him and you say, what are you watching? And he says, nothing. Right? 
How, can a, how come a man can take a fishing line and go like this, like put a worm on the end of it and go like this and just reel it back in and then toss it back out and do that all day long and never get a bite? Why can a man do that? Because when a man's doing that, they're really not focusing on whether the line is going out and coming in. They're just in their just stupor of nothing. We're just like... And we're de decompressing. Women's like, how can you do that? Because the way women decompress, now listen to me, this is a psychological fact. The way women decompress is they talk about things. Help me, Jesus. <laughs> I'm going to be careful here. They're multitaskers. So they want to talk about mowing the lawn. They want to talk about doing the dishes. They want to talk about what the baby did yesterday. They want to talk about this. They want to talk about it. And they want to talk about all of it at the same time. And the man is sitting there going, uh-huh, 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 mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, yep, mm-hmm, yep, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then she'll look and she'll say, are you even listening to me? And he says, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, I am, yeah. Well, she, what she's doing is she's decompressing. Don't find fault with a woman for being who God made her to be. Don't find fault with a man for being who God made him to be. Tell on Donna a little bit. Friday night, uh, we went over, and uh, the lady sitting here beside Donna is a wonderful hairdresser. She's the one that does Donna's hair. Jocelyn, if you need great, a great hairdresser, there she is. Let's talk to her after church, and uh, she'll pay her time. But anyways... Uh, <laughs> So Donna likes TGI Fridays. So, you know, the Bible said, I told you last week, took you into the scripture where the Bible said, men, you are supposed to dwell with your wives according to knowledge. And I explained to you the reason that the Lord told men that and not women is because women keep changing. And so we have to keep learning them and it keeps us engaged. In the, it's, not a, it's not a fault finding thing. It's how God keeps us engaged with our ladies. Okay, and so we stay, well, I know that Donna likes TGI Fridays. Now, this is something that hasn't changed. She loves TGI Fridays. So well, we got through there, and I said, okay, well, I'm going to take you over to TGI Fridays. And so, well, I told her I'm going to take her somewhere. I didn't tell her where. So I took her over there, and, and we have a nice little dinner, and we're sitting there talking just a little bit and all of that. And when we left yesterday morning, now this was Friday night. Now, yesterday morning, here we are. And um, I grab my billfold and I'm looking at my billfold and I've left my card at TGI Fridays the night before, my debit card. And so Donna was getting ready to do the tea thing here at the church, which by the way was a smashing success, had all kinds of women here, wonderful job, great job. Thank you for all of you that helped her. She does that twice a year. And so when Donna got up in the morning, her mind should have been on the tea that she was having. But instead, her mind was on the T and on the debit card that needed to go be picked up. So she said, you need to call them and see if that debit card's over there. And I said, well, I will. She said, honey, you need to call them. I said, I will. She said, no, you need... I said, honey, it's 8.30 in the morning. She said, well, I don't care. You still need to call them. I said, it's 8.30 in the morning. They're probably not even... You need to call them. Okay, so I called them. Okay, and... They serenaded me for 30 minutes with their music. And so I hung up the phone. And so later on, I knew that it was getting time for Donna to come home. So I called them and the card was there. And so I'm thinking to myself, she's going to be tired. She probably isn't going to want to go, but I can bribe her with Starbucks. 
So I called her and I said, uh, the card's over there. You want to go with me? There'll be Starbucks in it for you. And she said, oh, I feel the Lord in that. <laughs> so I said, okay. So she came home and we got in the car almost immediately. And all the way over there, all the way to TGI Fridays in Wesley Chapel, all the way she talked and she talked and she... And what did I do? I went, uh-huh, yes, uh-huh, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, okay, uh-huh, yep, 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 yep. And so finally, we're getting ready to turn in and park, and I grunted or something, I don't know, and she looked at me and she said, you grunt all the time now, do you know that? Did you even listen to me? I said, yes, I did, honey. It sounds like that you had a wonderful time. That's great. I'm excited about that. We're going to have to let people know about that and all of that kind of stuff. And so then I'm turning in, and she looked at me, and she said, you just grunted. She said, you grunt all the time. She said, the older you get, the more you grunt. <laughs> the point that I'm trying to make is, the point that I'm really trying to make is this. Don't find fault with the man for being who God made him to be. Don't find fault with the woman for being who God made her to be. She needs to talk to her husband. It, listen to me, men. Listen to me. I'm trying to help you out here. If you won't listen to your woman, she might find someone that will. Hello? She shouldn't, but she might because that's a need that's inside of them, and we don't need to just grunt and stuff, but we really need to be able to kind of repeat back a few little key things to let them know that, yes, we did hear them. God made them to be organizers. God made them to multiply. So they're natural organizers, so they're natural multitaskers. They're also natural nurturers, and God also made the woman to be very successful. If you look in Proverbs chapter 31, and you look at verse 10 all the way through 31, and you want to use that on your wife, what you need to do is you need to look at all of the success that the Bible says that a godly woman can have if we as godly men and provide them the environment. And here's what the Word of God says. Here's what the Word of God says. The Bible says that when we provide her with what she needs, verse number 23 says, her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. Having the right woman in your life, men, is very, very, very important to your personal success. The Bible said, he that finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. My wife, I know that scripture. My wife quotes it to me. She tells me, I'm your favor. You need to treat me right. <laughs> obtains favor from the Lord. So God's plan for women is that a woman would be an entrepreneur. God's plan for a woman is that she would be a leader in the marketplace. Right there in Proverbs chapter 31. God's plan for women out here is that she would be a leader in the home. God's plan would be that she would raise children, that she would take care of things at home. But it's not possible for her to do that if if us men do not provide her the environment where she can flourish in that arena and in that area. Because God made you man, men to be the leader of that home. That means you're not the dominator. That means you're the one that's out there in front. That means you're the one that takes the hits. That means that you're the one that has to deal with things if they try to fall apart. You are the leader. You are supposed to lead your family in the direction that God wants them to go and you are to love them and provide for them and protect them, especially your lady, and in 
and, and as a result, then we can become very successful. I, I wouldn't be the success that I am if it wasn't for my wife. Come on, let's give the Lord praise for her. All right. Now, 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 now that, that sounds wonderful and that sounds great. It's going to get a little bit dicey here. Go to 1 Timothy chapter 5. All right, we're going to get into the Word here just a little bit more. 1 Timothy chapter 5. Because women are natural entrepreneurs, because they were created by God to be multitaskers, because they were created by God to be natural organizers, then God had to put inside of them a busy psychology. Are you hearing me? God had to put a busy psychology inside of them. Now listen to me, man. What I'm going to teach you, and some of the ladies here need to listen to this too, but what I'm going to teach you, you've got to understand that your wife's mind does not work like yours does. Her mind is a lot busier than yours is. She's probably smarter. When Donna said that to me, I said, well, you had to be pretty smart. You, you, you picked me. So, I mean, there's, you know, what, what, what can I say? But they're natural entrepreneurs, so they have a busy psychology. They were created by God to stay busy. So don't get upset when your wife wants to stay busy and you just want to sit and watch football all day long. She wants to be busy. God made her that way. She can't help it. She, she was created by God to stay busy. Now here's the thing that we need to be very careful about. 1 Timothy chapter 5. Ladies, you need to make sure that you're busy about the right things. Because if you're busy about the wrong things, then you know what can break loose in your life. You've got to make sure that you're busy about the right things. So 1 Timothy chapter 5, verses 9 through 13 actually talks about widows and it talks about younger ladies and talks about godly widows, talks about younger ladies. So let's look at it. 1 Timothy chapter 5, and we're going to start in verse number 9. It says this. It says, Let not a widow be taken into the number under threescore years old. That's under 60, having been the wife of one man. So back then, when there was a, a widow who was the wife of one man and she was a godly woman, if she was 60 years old or older, then it was pretty common for that woman to come into the local church or into the temple and work around the temple. She swept the floor, she kept the place clean, she took care of the priest, and you know, just different things like that. And so there would be a company of them a lot of times in, in that temple. So let not the widow be taken in a number under three score years old, having been the wife of one man. So first of all, they have to be at least 60 years old. And then secondly, and I've had a lot of people tell me, well, the Bible says that the church is supposed to take care of the widows. No, the Bible doesn't say the church is supposed to take care of all widows. There is criteria for that. Verse number 10, here's what it is. The widow has to be well reported of for good works. She has to have brought up children. She has to have lodged strangers. She has to have washed the saints' feet. If she's relieved the afflicted and if she's diligently followed every good work. In other words, what God's Word is telling us is don't take someone in who's a rascal. Don't take someone who's in who's a gossiper, who's a backbiter, who's going to create trouble. Don't take a complainer in. Don't take someone in who belly aches all the time and moans and groans and complains. When you, no, 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 no. There's qualifications for godly women. A godly woman, according to verse number 10, is a person that is well reported of for good works. She's brought up children. She's lodged strangers. She has hospitality you know, in her blood. She's washed the saints' feet. She takes care of other people that are her friends. 
friends, if she's relieved the afflicted, so she cares about those that are sick, if she's diligently followed every good work. Now look at verse number 11. But younger widows, those whose husbands have passed, if they're under 60 years old, younger widows refuse, for when they've begun to wax wanton against Christ, they will marry, having damnation because they cast off their first faith. And verse number 13 tells you what will happen with some of these younger ones. It says they'll learn to be idle, wandering from house to house, and not only idle, but they'll be tattlers also and busybodies, speaking things which they ought not. So the Bible says in verse number 14, I would that the younger women would marry, bear children, guide the home, give none occasion to the adversary to speak reproachfully. So God created women to be busy. And so what he was saying was, they're going to be busy being idle, they're going to be busy being tattletailers, they're going to be busy stirring up trouble, or they're going to be busy being productive. So let them marry, let them come under godly headship, let a godly husband provide a covering for them so they can be busy about building a family and about building up the, the, the work of the Lord. That's what it's talking about. That's the word. Is what the Word of God says. Now, does this mean that they're not equal? No, it doesn't mean that they're not equal. We're equal. God made man and woman equal. Let me tell you something. My wife and I, we're both humans. But I ain't ever having a baby. Because I don't have the equipment to have a baby. God didn't make me to have a Does that make me any different? No, I, I, listen, I'm a human. I've got to fulfill the role that God has given me and she's got to fulfill the role that God has, has given her. Now the scripture said, and we dealt with it last week, we talked a little bit about it where the Bible said that wives are supposed to submit themselves to their own husbands, not other husbands, but to their own husbands and how that husbands are to love the wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. And so we talked a little bit about what that means to sacrificially love your wife. Are you really willing to lay down your life for your wife? If you are that way, your wife, your wife will follow her husband to the end of the earth. It's just God's way. It's just God's way, okay? That has nothing to do with whether we're equal. God made us both humans. He just made us different. So, uh, we could continue on here, but we need to go to another passage of Scripture very quickly, and then we're going to get into a little illustration that we have here that I want to share with you today. For some reason... In today's culture around the world, there are some men who like to cherry-pick a scripture here and cherry-pick a scripture there and use that over top of their wife to dominate the ladies in their lives. This is not how God intended. God did not intend us to be dictators. God intended for us to be leaders. And we lead them. We lead them. We take care of them, okay? So God does not want you to destroy your lady by dominating her. He wants you to love her and help her grow and help her prosper and help her be successful by lovingly leading her and providing for her and taking care of her. Now let's address the elephant that's in the room. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 12, here's another elephant that's in the room. Well, pastor, what are you going to do about that scripture? But I suffer not a woman to teach nor to usurp authority over the man but to be in silence in the church. What are you going to do with that scripture, pastor? Well, I'm going to do the same thing with that scripture that I do with every other scripture. I'm going to study to show myself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. This doesn't mean that a woman can't preach. It doesn't mean that she can't prophesy. It doesn't mean that she can't be used by God. 
You have to understand the culture in which they were in. They were in a culture where women were extremely demeaned. And you can't cherry pick one scripture and say, well, this means that a woman is not supposed to ever say anything in the church whatsoever. What are you going to do about where Jesus told the woman at the well to go into the town and tell everybody that they had talked about and she went into the town and the Bible specifically says that she told the men what Jesus had said. What are you going to do with Dorcas, who was the judge of Israel in the Old Testament? What are you going to do with the people in the New Testament that actually trained people, Lois and Eunice, who trained Timothy to be the pastor of the church at Ephesus? They spoke into his life. What are you going to do about these wonderful godly women that the Bible talks about in the Scripture? You can't cherry pick one scripture and say, well, this is the way that it has to be because when you do that, you are not rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, the word usurp means, because the Bible said that she's not to usurp authority over a man, the word usurp means to take a position of power illegally by force. It would be wrong for a woman to come into this church and to try to undermine me and try to oust me so she can become the pastor of this church. That would be wrong. That would be her trying to take authority illegally that God did not give her so she can stand in a place of authority where God had not appointed her. That would be wrong. That would be wrong. And let me say this. It would be wrong if someone came into this church and said, I'm going to control that pastor and they try to usurp authority over the headship that the Lord has in the church, the leadership the Lord has in the church. Listen, God has put an authority structure in the home and God has put an authority structure in the church for the purpose of peace. And I'm not talking about not fighting, I'm talking about peace. Nothing missing and nothing broken. God has placed authority structures in our lives for the purpose of getting good things to us, for the purpose of protecting us, for the purpose of taking care of us. And so that scripture there where it says she's not supposed to usurp authority means a woman trying to take away power illegally by force to cease to hold in possession by force or without a right. So there's many places in the scripture where... Uh, women spoke up and where Christ actually endorsed that. Now, I just feel prompted by the Holy Spirit to just throw this out here real quick. Like the Bible said, uh, in the New Testament church, there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither bond nor free, there's neither male nor female. And that is found in Galatians chapter 3, verses 27 through 28. The, the thing that makes us one in Christ is Calvary. The blood of Jesus, the, the cross of Christ. We are all one body in Christ Jesus. In the Old Testament, there was differentiation. But in the New Testament, we all become one in Jesus Christ. We all become one in Him. And so because the blood of Jesus Christ has been applied to me, because the blood of Jesus Christ has been applied to my wife, it's perfectly fine for her to stand up here and share the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ just like it is for me because we are both one in Christ and we are both part of the same body of Christ. So there's neither Jew, there's neither Greek, there's neither bond nor free, there's neither male nor female. That's what the Word of God says in Galatians chapter 3. And it all goes back to Calvary. That's part 
of the blessing of Calvary. That's part of the power of Calvary and it's part of the blood of Jesus Christ. So when we stand before God, we're not going to stand before Him as a male or as a female. When we stand before God, we're going to stand before Him as lost or redeemed. Amen? Lost or redeemed. So the next time somebody tells you that it's wrong for a woman to share the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ in a church, you just tell them to go somewhere and smoke something else because what they're smoking ain't right. Because God's Word teaches us that we're one in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> okay. All right, let's do this. Come on, men. Let's... Now, I want to talk to you for just a few moments, and this is the last part that I want to talk to you about. But I want to talk to you for just a few moments about the importance of being connected right, being hooked up right. Now, I'm thankful that the Lord worked things out for Donna and I to be together as husband and wife, and the Lord's blessed us with wonderful kids and grandchildren now and, and great ministry. But what would have happened if I would have married someone else if Donna would have married someone else? The, the, the point that I'm trying to make, yeah, let's just, do, let's just do this one side to begin with, remember? Just the one side, just the one side, just one to begin with, just one, just one to begin, just one to begin with. We need the chair, we need the chair, remember? We need the chair, that's right. Somebody bring me a chair, come on Danny, bring me a chair. It's very important for you to be connected right. Now, here's what happens. I'm trying to illustrate this, okay? So this is called a, this right here is called uh, a scaffolding buck, okay? Just for levity, let's call this the doe, okay? The buck, the doe, whatever. Okay, the man, the woman. Now, this scaffold buck was designed to be connected to this one in order for this scaffold to be what it needs to be. But what if... This man said, I don't want that woman. She looks like she'll fit, but this one right here looks a whole lot better to me, so I want this woman right here. Is this going to work? Are you going to be able to build this scaffold? Well, how come? Why not? This one here is a lot softer, and you know, it just it just looks better. It feels better. It just this is just a much better. I just feel like that. This I feel. Are you getting this? I feel like this would be a good fit for me. And all the while, God said, No, 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 no. Wrong choice. Wrong choice for you. Wrong choice. Would this work? Why not? Because it can't connect correctly, right? So what happens is a lot of times people say, well, you know what, God, I know what you're saying, but I like this better, so I'm just going to go ahead and do it my way for a while. And what happens is they only get so far with their life, and what happens is all of a sudden they're wondering why things aren't working anymore. Well, the reason things aren't working anymore is because you're hooked up wrong. The Bible says that if we are born again, that we are not supposed to allow ourselves be, to be connected to someone who is not born again. That's what the Word of God says. The Word of God teaches us that. Okay? So we're either going to do things God's way or we're going to do things our way. If we do things God's way, we get God's results. If we do things our way, we get our results. And so what we need to do is we need to say, Okay, Lord, you know what? All right. 
You can have, I'll just go ahead and do it. Lord, I'll do what, what you want me to do here. And so what happens is we get connected right. We get hooked up right. And we, we get connected right. Now look at the beautiful thing that happens once we connect, get connected the way we're supposed to be. And then God starts tying us together in other ways. Now make sure that you've got it on the right ones here. Now I, I, I'm going to have to keep teaching you here. We're gonna, you're going to know how to build a scaffold by the end of this second. No, 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 Steve. Steve, down one. Down one, Steve. Down one. There you go. There you go. Hallelujah. You can tell who's built churches. Get that scaffold. No, 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 no. You're putting it in wrong. You're putting it in. Are you? Are you? No, you're putting it in right. You're putting it in right. There you go. All right, we're good. See, the Lord brings people along, and this is a point that I wanted to make here too. The Lord brings people along to help you. Now, what we have here, because this part of the scaffold is connected to the right piece on this side, there's connections here. Now, we can. This is, there's so much preaching in here. I mean, you've got the foundations of faith. You have the anointings that are connected. You've got all kinds of things. But what happens is that becomes, that connection becomes the foundation for the next level in your life. So before, I'm standing down here and I'm saying, okay, God, here I am. I'm standing down here and, and I wanted to be connected over there to that one. But, you know, uh, that chair was made for someone else's derriere. That's just not right. You know, so it's just not going to connect. It's not going to work. So I'm just going to have to go with this one, Lord. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go with this one. And so what happens before I know it, because I allowed myself to get connected upright and I allowed myself to get set upright, then all of a sudden, ah, there we go. I'm, fit. I'm over 50 now. All right. <laughs> All right, so all of a sudden I find myself living at a different level than I was living before. I couldn't live at this level if I'd gotten my way. But because I allowed myself to go with God's way and allowed myself to get connected to the right people, even though I didn't like it at first, even though I didn't think it was cool at first and all of that, kind of, because of that, now I'm living at a different level. Now the Lord has brought different people along to help me, to help me grow, to help me get to the next level. And so before I know it, we've got a different level that we're beginning to build on. So we're continuing to build. Now, you guys, go right ahead with that if you want to. Now, come on up here, honey. Come on. Woo, Jesus. You guys don't let her fall. I don't want to have to pay that bill. <laughs> so now, not only am I living at this level, but look who's living at it with me. Right? So the blessing that the Lord created through the connection between us, we're able to live at a different level. Now, as we go along here and stuff like that, and I'm not going to let you go up with me, okay, because I don't want you to get hurt, all right? But I'm just going to do that by myself. All right, but because we're working together and because uh, she's able to help me and I'm able to help her and I'm able to provide for her and she's able to organize me. <laughs> you get that? <laughs> you get that? I've learned a long time ago what I do is I say we need to do this and this and this and this and this. Okay, you guys go talk to Donna. She's going to help you get that done. Okay. So what happens is then all of a sudden because of the blessing that's on our life, uh, there is a brand new level that's being provided for us here. All right? All right. You be careful. Don't you fall. All right. And so let's get the other side. Come on, guys. Let's get the other side. Let's hurry up. We, we're running out of time here trying to get this done. <laughs> we got, yeah, we got all the time in the world. All right, we got to drop. Wait, wait a minute. I got it. I, I know. I got it. I got it. I've, I've done this before. Trust me. 
That's still too high. Now go down there. And this right here will go right there. All right, we're, we're in good shape. All right, so now I'm going to go ahead and let you guys take her down, okay? All right, somebody come on. Come on, get her. Get Mama. Get Mama D. She's like, I got this. I got this. And that's why she told me, she said, I'm going to wear my blue jeans and my tennis shoes today so I can help you preach that message. I said, okay. So here we are. So I'm at this level and we're functioning at this level. We think we're going to be at this level. <laughs> we think we're going to be in Kentucky for the rest of our lives. And then all of a sudden the Lord says, you're going to Florida. ha, ha, ha. So here we are, we're at a different level. And so the Lord begins to build around us. He starts adding people to us. He starts adding people that, that have the same vision. And all of a sudden, now we've got a brand new level that's being built. Whoa, hallelujah. We've got a brand new level that's being built. So here we are, we're building the level. We're building it and everything's looking wonderful and it's looking great. And I'm shouting and I'm dancing, I'm praising the God. And I go, well, praise the Lord. What happened? This was wonderful. This was great. Praise the Oh, what's going on here? Here's what happens. All of a sudden, you don't fit here anymore because God's expanding you. God's taking you to a different level. And so in order for you to go to the next place, in order for the Lord, for you to go to the next level, the Lord spoke to us to come to Florida. I said, Lord, I'm the president of the Chamber of Commerce. We started this church. We've built this church. We're here for the rest of our lives. I'm married to an only child. I can't go somewhere else. And the Lord says, you're going. You're going. And so we get here, and the Lord starts building around us. And now, in order for us to go to the level that God wants us to go, we have to do something a little scary. We have to get outside of our comfort zone. Thank you. You okay? Because the top of your head turned red. I was afraid you got embarrassed or something. Okay. Wow. Wow. Who would have thought that the Lord would have brought me here? I can reach places I never could reach before. I couldn't have reached this standing flat on my feet. There's no way. I could have went go-go gadget arm till the day I died and nothing would have happened. But because I allowed God to bring people into my life, that would help me because I allowed God to connect me to the right person, because I've allowed God to connect me to the right people. See, what would have happened if I would have said three-quarters of the way into it? What would have happened if I would have said, Lord, I don't want to be connected there anymore. I don't like what they're saying. I don't like what they're doing. I don't like the way, I don't agree with the way things are going. So I'm going to disconnect myself. What would have happened? You'd have never reached this level. But now you can reach farther than you ever thought you could reach. You can see farther than you ever thought you could ever see. You're higher than you ever thought that you would ever go. All because you allowed yourself to be connected to the right people, to the right vision, to the right anointing. You allowed the connections that God had for your life. You allowed those connections to take place. And so now, here we are. Here I am. 
11 years later, 12 years later, 12 years after Kentucky, sitting in Florida, has the elf on the shelf. Come on. You get this? Are you getting this? You understand? A few things I wanna I wanna just sit here and have a talk with you for a minute, okay? Number one, don't let people talk you out of your God connections. Listen to me. Don't let people talk you out of your God connections. Don't let them talk you out of your kingdom connections. If you're a praying person and you love the Lord, then God will connect you to the right people at the right time for the right purpose. There will always be somebody somewhere that will say to you, you shouldn't do that. That's why it's important to stay prayed up, to stay fasted up, so you can discern what is of God and what is not. The people sitting around you today were put in your life by God. Maximize them. Build those relationships. Allow God to build those relationships in your life. And when God starts bringing people around you to help you go to a higher level, embrace them. When you discern they're from God, embrace them and let them take you to that next level. Now, we're about done here, but this is about families. This is Family Plus. Some of you are here and you're believing God for a husband or you're believing God for a wife. Make sure before you settle on anyone that that person is God's choice for you. I told my girls for years, I told them there's three things when it comes to a man. I said, number one, don't you ever allow yourself to fall in love with someone who's not going to take care of you. I'll be here, and I will. I'll take care of you. But it's not my responsibility, because the moment you stand at that altar and you say, I do, then the covering removes from my head and goes over that young man's head. And it's his responsibility now to provide for you, to protect you, take care of you. That's number one. I said, number two, don't ever, ever allow yourself to get married to someone, come into that covenant relationship with a man that you are not willing to submit to as far as when it comes to spiritual authority and things like that. They are the head of your home. They're the leader of your home. And I'll let you all figure out what the third thing is that I told them. But there are three things that I told them. And right in the center of it has to do with the headship of the home. 
Thank you for listening to Dr. Jonathan Vorse on Working the Word. We appreciate your love and support. Visit www.jvorse.org to give a gift today. Don't forget to subscribe and enjoy the rest of your day. Always remember, the Word will work if you work the Word. Be blessed.